Our first reading is the 13th Psalm. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. And our Gospel reading for today is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, and verses 40 to 42. Whoever welcomes you, welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. May God help us to understand something of his word from those readings. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's really good to be with you today, uh, even though I'm very sad that we can't be together in person, um, but we, uh, we are gathered for worship anyway. So peace be with you in the name of Jesus. Today in our Methodist calendar is Conference Sunday when Methodist delegates from all around Britain come together to worship, to discuss important issues and to make decisions about our church and its direction throughout the coming year and beyond. Now I've had the, the privilege of, for the last few years, to be part of Conference uh, and I'm a representative there this year too, although virtually of course, because we are unable to meet in person too. And this Sunday, as we come to the end of LGBTQ Pride Month, we are also, as a church, celebrating Pride Sunday. Some might think this is a very odd thing to do as a church. The Christian community and the LGBT community don't always get along very well. And I've always found it inexplicable that a community that preaches the love of God can hate so readily when it comes to LGBT people. Last year, I was delighted that this church took a stand against this hatred as we celebrated the beautiful diversity of God's creation by marching in the Pride Parade in Canterbury. I can't forget one of the onlookers on the side of the road who had tears streaming down their face, screaming thank you, thank you so much, as they saw our church banner within the Pride March. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to speak to them personally or hear their story but the visceral outpouring of emotion 
in that crowded street told its own tale. And our psalm reading today has the same instinctual outburst. How long, O Lord, how long must I bear this pain within my soul? And as a queer Christian who sits within the liminal space between these two communities, I have felt this pain and screamed these words. Psalm 13 has always been one of my favourite psalms, possibly because it's really short, but probably because it's always voiced the emotions that I've always had the words for. How long, O Lord? How long do I have to endure the pain of this body? How long do I have to endure the pain of people seeing me, the world seeing me as a boy when I know I'm not? How long do I have to be accursed with this affliction? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. The Pride Marches and the LGBT Rights Movement were born out of this visceral outburst of emotion. On the 28th of June 1969, at the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village in New York, a time when LGBT people were still, or being LGBT was still illegal in the US, a bar that hosted the most marginalised people even of the gay community for butch lesbians and drag queens and sex workers and transgender people. And they fought back against a violent police raid and this escalated into a riot. Similar to the Black Lives Matter protests we have seen on our screens recently. These two women were at the front of this uprising, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. And this spurned an activist movement to establish equality for LGBT people. A year later, the first Pride marches took place to commemorate this. <clears throat> what you may not realise is that the church was there at the forefront of these Pride marches too. These two priests, uh, Troy Perry and Bob Humphreys, along with Maurice Kite, inspired by Martin Luther King in the civil rights movement, and Stonewall conceived the first Pride Parade in Los Angeles on the same day, 28th of June, a year after, in 1970, commemorating this uprising in New York. And even though the actions of these trans women and the, these priests have mostly been rewritten out of history, I'm grateful that my life and my ordination is a testament to the actions of these people. But I'm also mindful that I was born with pale skin and a good education. I have a loving family that I've always had a home and food to eat and books to read and thank God for the NHS. So I do have a lot of privilege and that means it does make it easier for me to move in this world and to appreciate the blessing of being an outsider because of my sexuality and gender identity. But I've also faced rejection. I've faced violence and fear, and I've shared the pain of my siblings who have to struggle more than I have. And it's important to note here that not long after the 1992 Pride Parade, Marsha P. Johnson was murdered, just as a, a disproportionate number of trans people still are today, especially black trans women and trans women of colour. I'm also mindful that this struggle for quality isn't over. Over the last few years, 
trans people have come under constant attack from the media and activists who are against the freedoms of trans people and trans women especially, painting trans people as perverts and rapists and paedophiles, even though there's no evidence of this. Our freedoms that were already won, like the legal right to use the bathrooms of our choice and changing rooms that match trans people's gender, we are being undermined because of a perceived threat that an updated Gender Recognition Act will endanger women and girls. Now, I understand these arguments. I really do. But trans people have been using these services for years without incident, long before it was even enshrined in the Human Rights Act and the Gender Recognition Act. It feels like we went to the government and asked for bread, but were given a stone, or asked for fish and been given a snake. I'm fearful of these changes and what will come about, but I am grateful too, because I used to think I was cursed for being transgender and that I'd never be loved by God. But because of my forebears, I now find being trans is a blessing, a gift given to me by my creator, even if the world thinks otherwise. And I think this is the good news that Jesus kept banging on about. When Jesus talked about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, he wasn't talking about some ethereal place that we go after we die. He's talking about a heaven here now, a blessing that can be grasped, a kingdom of love and peace that transcends the suffering of what we believe to be cursed lives, a gift of freedom, a chance to change our thinking, a gift of love, instead of hate and judgment. And yes, Stonewall was a turning point in liberation, but we're not finished yet. Although we haven't arrived at the kingdom of God, Jesus said that we're on our way. He did say that it is somehow already amongst us. It's amongst us when we welcome those who are the most marginalized, even if all we can offer them is a cup of cold water. By welcoming the least of these, we welcome Jesus and the one who sent him. Last year, I was moved by the love and acceptance of the Pride organisers here, as we as a church were welcome to join in the Pride March in Canterbury. We march in Pride parades for many reasons. Some of us, it's a chance to stand up and be counted as allies and friends and family members who are proud of their LGBT kin. For our church, it's a chance to stand up and say what so many churches are unwilling to say, that we love and we respect LGBT people, that we not only welcome the LGBT community, but we are part of the LGBT community. Being visible as a, an open and affirming church is not about our growth or just about confronting bigotry, although this is good, of course. But being visible is about helping people find us, the people who need us, who need Jesus's message of love and freedom, who need a place where they are free to worship God as their whole selves. And marching in a pride parade is also, just as importantly, about celebrating who we are, 
clapping and shouting for joy, singing praises to God and saying to each other and to the world that who we are, who God made us to be, is beautiful and wonderful and holy. Thanks be to God. Amen.